Good morning. <laughs> I want to give a special welcome uh, to those who are watching us on Zoom, to uh, Peter and Belden in um, various places, as well as uh, Belden's wife, Betty. Um, also, I want to especially welcome the parishes with us as we talk about Kenya. We're going to talk about Kenya today. I'm going to give you a report of uh, my family's trip there in July. Um, so I'll start this way. Uh, a few years ago, I was looking forward to retirement. And um, part of me wanted to go on the mission field. And uh, my spirit man was saying, let's go on missions and and have a blast and, and be with missionaries on the field. And yet there was another part of me, the fleshly part of me, that was saying, uh, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> Amen. I want to tell, tell people, when they ask me how's retirement going, I want to say to them that, um, you know, if I wake up in the morning and I have two appointments, I'm going to feel overwhelmed and have to cancel one of them. Um, but that's not the way it went. Uh, in the last 10 months, I've been in the Ukraine, uh, the United Arab Emirates, and recently Kenya. Um, and I'm especially excited to talk about Kenya today. Now, if you're looking for a cushy retirement, there are certain people to watch out for, <laughs> like these two. They look all innocent and sweet and loving, but they are dangerous. Don't get anywhere near these people. They are in cahoots with the Lord to disturb the peace. Seriously, though, Linda impressed us with her great faith. We had two team members in our family that came down with COVID, one about a week before we left and one about three days before we left. She had no symptoms, but she tested positive. These were PCR tests. You know, these are the real McCoy tests, not the home antigen tests. And so the one who got sick, both of these were unvaccinated and an unvaccinated person with uh, the virus in their blood could not enter Kenya. And so these were deal killers for them. They weren't going to be able to go. Um, but Linda said, you know what? God can do anything. Have them go back and get tested again. And so when the, the one with, with symptoms, um, when she, her symptoms were over, she went back to the same hospital where she works. All her tests have been at this hospital. She's had COVID, I think, four times. And um, her test came back negative. And then the one who, um, the one who was uh, tested a few days before, uh, actually just two days before, I believe, um, and was positive, we, I took her to a lab um, the day before the trip, 
like the next day and her test came back negative. And so um, Linda showed great faith and it just kept going like that. Linda has, I believe, a growing gift of faith. And Laura was amazing with her energy. Um, even though she wore braces on her, wears braces on her legs, there was no stopping her. Really, Linda and Laura led this trip. And uh, at one point near the end of the trip, my, my three son-in-laws pulled me aside and they said, does she ever stop? And I said, no, uh, she really doesn't have an off button. The only way I can slow her down is, is through distraction. And that's really true. Well, in my travels uh, to these three nations, there's a verse that has been um, just rolling over and over and over in my spirit, and it's Psalm 16.3. It says, as for the saints who are in the land, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. This is David uh, talking about the saints in his land and how his joy and his... Um, Attention is upon them. And um, this word majestic can mean glorious or worthy. And I would add the word beautiful because I have been overwhelmed with the beauty of God in the saints around the world, but especially in Kenya. We um, experience something there that uh, makes me want to share in depth about uh, this great land. And so let me introduce you to two of the majestic ones that we have become very close with, uh, Peter and Belden. Belden, Okeo, and Peter Opinia. And uh, these brothers um, met in Rwanda, I think in the early 2000s, uh, they discovered that they had a similar vision to minister to children with special needs, and so they came to America in 2016 and traveled around the United States visiting various ministries and agencies that were helping children with special needs. Um, then in, well, actually, the, uh, they, they did not plan on visiting the little lighthouse until the last minute, and then Linda and Jean Winfrey gave them a tour uh, of the little lighthouse and immediately their, their spirits were saying, this is the connection that we've been looking for. And even though they only had a few minutes at the little lighthouse. So they came back together uh, in 2018 to be trained as interns. I think they were here six months approximately, Linda? Six, two times for six weeks. Um, then they started the Seed Power Education Center, or the Seed Power School, in 2019. The first week they had 14 students, and now I believe there are 218, is that correct? 218 students. Um, they opened a second baby Seed Power School. I have 2022 there, but it might be 2021. The two schools now serve 218 students, 
approximately 20 of those, 20 percent of those are children with special needs and the other 80 percent are children uh, in extreme poverty or at risk in some way. Now the elders of their community were very smart and a little bit tricky because Peter and Belden went to them and said we'd like to start a school for children with special needs and that's really our focus is children with special needs and the elders said oh we love this this is great go ahead and so they started and then the community elders began sending uh, everybody that uh, was not going to get at school otherwise and so Belden and Peter had to expand their vision to um, include uh, th that type of child as well. And so Laura and I, especially Laura, had it in her heart to go to Kenya um, and as a family. And so there were, there's 24 of us in our family, three generations, and uh, 19 of us were able to go. And so we had a blast. Um, and uh, my goal in sharing this um, report is not, please believe me, it's not to glorify me or my family. Um, it's more coming from a sense of family, and I want you to rejoice with us. I want to share the joy that we experienced there, because the reality is we were transported to some kind of a special plane in the Lord as it often happens on short-term missions trips. But this one seemed especially heightened, especially powerful, uh, almost as if we were experiencing a taste of heaven. My prayer for the parishes who served there for several decades is that in seeing these slides, they would be transported as well as you into uh, the land that is so lovely. So we wanted to fulfill this verse on the slide, Matthew 5:16. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So what I want to do this morning is I want to tell you about seed power. I want to use pictures to help join in our joy, and I want to bring an exhortation at the end from the word about loving one another. So as we came up the path to the school, we were met with this. Where's the sound?
<clears throat> pretty choked up immediately. Um, and I saw, pretty soon we saw evidence that TCFers and former TCFers had already been here. Uh, here you see a sign that says Seed Power Education Center um, with a scripture donated by Gene and Keith Winfrey. How many of you remember Gene and Keith? Um, Jean still works at the Little Lighthouse um, and she's a great blessing uh, and so is Keith. They actually sponsored the digging of two wells that brought clean water to two communities. People will walk uh, for six, seven, eight miles a day to gather dirty water in jugs, take it home, and then they have to boil it, and it's still quite, quite dirty. And so clean water is a tremendous, tremendous blessing. And people in the community come from miles around to get clean water from these two sites. In the future, uh, Seed Power hopes to have a bottling, a water bottling company to create revenue for their teachers who are at this time working sacrificially to serve the children. Um, last time Linda shared about Kenya, she told you about the chief of Nankach, uh, Peter's village, that said, you have given us clean water and education, what we need for life. Isn't that beautiful? And so, excited about that. So our first task was class, oh sorry, you can see here that Linda had made a, a footprint as well. Can you read that? Yeah. Linda donated money for the latrines. Well done, Linda. <laughs> Yay. <We're laughs> so our first um, focus of ministry was classroom construction. And our job was to put up uh, walls and ceilings and then uh, spackle them and paint them to bring brightness and color uh, and cleanliness to the classrooms. The wood there that you see is, is called blue gum or eucalyptus, and uh, that's what we worked with. And the walls, they, um, uh, the team there had to put these classrooms up quickly to satisfy the government, um, and so we were coming back with a more finished um, look. And uh, first thing, we do, well, you can see that it's a very busy place in the school there. Um, as we get ready to, to do construction. One of the, the first thing we had to do was make the walls and the ceiling joists or support beams plumb. And so here is Hannah demonstrating that to you. <laughs> you see here Elias in the foreground, my son-in-law Stuart holding up an Ellie and a man named Zuri holding up uh, a ceiling board. You can see the homemade ladders that were very sturdy uh, and useful. Here's Esther and Brian uh, spackling and, and uh, enjoying the day. And here, are, uh, here is a team of us sanding uh, a special board that will be made into a chalkboard. And this next slide I put in for my own amuse amusement 
which is Lily all by herself painting uh, the chalkboard. She looks so lonely. Her dad doesn't even pay her any attention. <laughs> and yet I watched this closely and I noticed that Lily was talking to someone. She's so social. So here are the classrooms after. Uh, we, we bit off more than we could chew, frankly, and so we didn't finish, but the Kenyans finished the job. And here are the classrooms after uh, after we left. Very colorful, happy places. Peter and Belden say that the children on Fridays, the teachers will say, okay, it's time to go home now for the weekend. And the children say, oh no, we don't want to go home. We want to stay here. And uh, it's so meaningful to them. We wanted to take a picture accentuating how tired we were uh, so that you would feel sorry for us, I guess. <laughs> Just being silly there. Here's a picture of it at night as the sun goes down. Well, so beyond construction, we also did an art camp, a music camp, a soccer academy, and activity camps. Now, Toby, this is my grandson Toby. Toby's over here. There he is. Toby is a very private person. At family gatherings, Toby usually, we, we look around and we go, where's Toby? And Toby will be off reading a book or sleeping. Um, uh, he just, our impression is that he just doesn't like big crowds. Well, little did we know uh, that he would be our secret weapon when it came to breaking the ice with the children. He was a maniac. He got out of the bus and he just started running. And the kids started running after him and chasing him and laughing. And, and uh, we thought, where did this come from? See, there he is again. And he would run till he was out of breath and then flop himself on the ground. And often the kids would jump on him. And uh, they just, he just had a wonderful gift uh, with the kids. Here, you can't even see him. He's in the middle on his back with a kid on top of him. So we had a secret weapon called a Toby. But he also had serious talks with the kids and told stories. And uh, they loved that as well. The rest of us tried to get uh, warmed up with the kids in the usual ways. This is Abby, and here's Raina, Abby, one of Abby's daughters. Yeah, that's Corey, and Marin, Abigail's oldest, tickling a little girl. Aren't they beautiful? And Lily with some kids, and Risa. Here's Elias. Elias took a lot of pictures on the trip. And uh, here he is with a group of kids. Here's some kids checking out my beard. Uh, they, they seem to like that. 
Then uh, we had what we called activities camp, and Brian uh, was pretty much in charge of that. Um, and things started to open up and kind of get crazy, if you know what I mean. Um, here's some pictures of that, Elias with a child. Um, one of the games that they loved was piggyback races. And so here you see them just having a terrific time. Here's Tommy carrying a little girl, uh, Hannah and Jason's youngest. And here's one of the school teachers carrying Tommy. <laughs> he looks like he's having a good time there. Another favorite was the limbo. And they didn't just go under, they wanted to go over as well. So here's a few <laughs> pictures of that. And then gunny sack races were also a big hit. One thing I'll add is the kids weren't used to doing group games. Um, and so the teachers were just thrilled that we were introducing how they could play together as a group, a, a game as a group. So here's um, my wife, Laura, uh, handling uh, a gunny sack race. This is Ellie, and I want you to notice the girl on her right arm just looks so happy uh, for Ellie's attention. Just the joy that we felt uh, being there and playing with the kids. We had a soccer camp as well. This is my son-in-law, Stuart. Um, Stuart is 6'5" and has a pretty commanding presence, so these boys were listening to him. And here's just a few pictures of them um, in the camp. The, the soccer players were actually hand-picked uh, before we got there, uh, but that broke down pretty quickly, and here's what we had. <laughs> And then uh, we also did an art camp um, in one of the classrooms at the public school. Um, this is Ellie, and Toby's in the background. What, what Laura told me, I wasn't a part of this class, but what Laura told me is that um, when the teachers, th these children had never used paints before. And when the teacher was showing them how to use paints and develop a, a drawing, they all uh, wanted to copy what the teacher was doing. And so, I don't know who it was, honey, that said this, but they said, no, don't, don't do what the teacher does. We want you to be creative. God is creative. God has created so many colors and birds and animals. And so, it became an exercise in creativity for the children, and they really caught on and began to create some beautiful beautiful things. There's some of their artwork. And here's a young person with, uh, I think they're pretty proud of that. 
I had an opportunity to do some teaching and preaching. I spoke to um, 59 uh, pastors and uh, ministry leaders, and leadership principals, and family. Um, we, I had an opportunity to preach at Belden's Church and uh, also to do a little dancing in their church. Um, first, I want to show you some of the teens. Uh, they really love to dance, don't they, Millard and Shirley? And uh, it's such a wonderful thing. So we got into it a little bit too. You see Forrest there, he's quite a dancer. Uh, you don't want to see me dancing. But, um, but I want to show you uh, this next little video clip is of some of the older women just coming forward down the center aisle to do some uh, very passionate intercession and worship. Watch how they did this. Yeah, very intense. Um, we didn't completely know what was happening or being said. All we could very fervent, very uh, much worship and intercession blended and uh, just kind of exciting to see their passion to worship in dance and uh, through full expression. Um, we also did something called a community dinner. Um, the goal of the community dinner in our minds was to honor the dozen or so teachers at Seed Power who are working sacrificially in the community and to garner the support for these teachers. Um, we decided uh, before we went to have a meal. Um, we had chairs and tents for 600 people and food prepared for 600, but over a thousand came. And so it literally, Gordon prayed for me before the service and he said he got something about the multiplying of food and, uh, you know, and that each one of you would receive something from the Lord, a portion from the Lord through, through the message. And that's really what happened at this community dinner is we, we the food was multiplied enough. Uh, the cook did an amazing job in somehow um, 
creating meals for 400 more people and um, there wasn't any lack. Um, but it was a wonderful time. We did honor the teachers. Um, this is just a picture of trying to convey the crowd, if you will. Um, we, a big part of what they had us do was serve the people, which I was really grateful for because on the one hand, they honored the socks off of us. You know, they honored us everywhere we went. And yet, they also had us serve, serve the people, serve the children their food, which I thought very wonderful. Um, here's some more of that. This is the chief of, uh, of the Oyugas area, and he's a fine, godly man. Uh, he made a speech and able to give him a gift, and, I, and he was a great blessing to us. Before we went, um, our whole family came to be together at Christmas time, and we asked Heather to come teach us some songs in Swahili. And so we learned three songs, and we also learned a Swahili greeting. And um, we heard from Belden this week that people are still talking about how excited they were that we learned a little Swahili. So here is a little video of us singing uh, a song that Heather taught us. Just before we left, um, Chris Presley, uh, one of the sons of um, uh, um, Richard Presley, uh, what's his wife's name? Marcia? Martine, that's right. Martine and, and uh, Richard, one of, one of their sons, Chris, who is now Esther and Brian's age and has children and are friends with Esther and Brian, he heard about the trip, and he sent along uh, about a hundred pairs of reading glasses and uh, a dozen or so sunglasses like these. And so we put on a, a makeshift eye clinic where um, first, the first priority was the children of Seed Power. I would say the second priority was the children in the public school next door. But then we had older people come as well. Let me tell you just two stories. Um, there was a young girl, not this one, but a, one like her, who her eyes were just watering constantly. It just looked like she was crying, but she wasn't. It was just 
and we tried different sets of, of reading glasses, and none of them helped her. Uh, and finally, we, we thought, well, maybe it's the sunlight. Let's just put on a pair of sunglasses. And so we put on a pair of sunglasses, and her eyes just dried right up, and she was so happy. The other one that was so, the other uh, group that was so moving was um, older men and women coming. They had walked a long way with their Bible in their hands, hoping they could get a pair of reading glasses so that they could read the Word of God. And when they uh, were fitted for the right uh, strength of reading glass, they were so excited to be reading the scriptures. And it was so powerful, so moving. We, in some ways, this was uh, the most profound thing. And it wasn't something we planned, which is just like the Lord, isn't it? Um, very, very profound. We also did some home visits. Well, here's, here's a where like uh, building we put the eye chart on and and uh, here's Abby working with one of the public school teachers he's a man named James I really liked him he was very kind to the students uh, and we would just trial and error see what they could read and try different strengths until they got the the best one this is one of the teachers Carolyn uh, she's enjoying one of the uh, cooler pairs of sunglasses that we brought. Um, so I wanted to show some, just show you some faces. Again, hoping that it would transport you to a, to a place of joy and gratefulness. This is Abby with um, one of the very special girls named Rama Grace. Um, I'm not sure what affliction Rama Grace has, but she doesn't let it slow her down at all. She is filled with joy, um, joy beyond belief. In these pictures, you can see their hopes and dreams. There's Rama Grace again. This is um, Madam Mercy. She's the principal of the school. She's a salt of the earth. I think she has five children, I heard, uh, working sacrificially. She's the, she's the anchor there. This is a little girl named Joy who's deaf, but also very, very sweet. This is Risa with, is that Reddy? This little boy we called Reddy. We're not sure if that was his real name. <laughs> we kept, uh, he had it on a name tag, but uh, we kept hearing different things. Some boys. This is Esther ministering to a 93-year-old woman in Peter's uh, village. Very sweet lady. I can't tell you her name. It was too difficult for me to learn. But... What a wonderful, wonderful face. Okay, we also 
the last day we were there, we went on a safari, and when we came out, uh, there were the Maasai warriors, uh, and they dress you up, and they get you to dance with them. Uh, so you see Laura there, you see me, uh, Elias, Jason, and who's in the middle there? Is that Corey? I think so. And Toby. So the Maasai are very um, treasured uh, by the Kenyans and very famous. Um, we took a group picture. Uh, the man in the center is our bus driver, David, great guy. Love the Lord, very godly man. And then it was time to say goodbye before we knew it, after about 10 days of being there. People would run to greet us. Yeah. This is Forrest with a special boy named Junior. And uh, while Jason wasn't looking, I, I took this video because it touched me. I think those are the trees we're going to plant. Oh, yes, those are the trees we're going to plant. So we'll just assemble together again, say a word of prayer, and then we'll continue. <laughs> Does it, why does it like that, you know? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> well, it has it. Did you take a picture of it? No, I don't have my phone. I don't know if you can read what he wrote there, but he was writing on the board, we love you very much, exclamation point. This picture, to me, kind of captures the um, sense of beauty and fulfillment and joy uh, that we felt at the end of the trip. Um, Brian's face, Esther's face, um, and that's what I'm hoping for you this morning, that you'll be able to just have a special sense of participation and joy uh, with us. Now this is Kemper, uh, Abby and Stewart's uh, youngest boy. And in some ways Kemper struggled on the trip a little bit, um, at least according to his um, But he asked to do the devotions. Each morning our team had devotions, our family. And Kemper asked to do it, and as it turned out, his was the last morning. And um, he just did an amazing job. His message to us, um, if I can boil it down to a question was, or a statement and a question is, you can do anything for two weeks. But his question was, will we work as hard at home in our ordinary lives to love with the love of Christ as we have these last 10 days. Very profound, solid question coming from him. And so that's what I'd like to uh, do with the last mm, five minutes is 
talk about letting our light shine at home. And these were the thoughts that came to my mind both then and now. I was thinking about uh, an exhortation to love. The first scripture uh, or the first thought is don't be afraid to be the one who loves the most. I've said that a couple times from the pulpit over the years. Uh, it was originally something that Shirley McWilliams read and told me about. But so often in our primary relationships, our husband-wife relationships especially, we unconsciously say to ourselves, I'm not going to love you more than you love me. It's kind of a tit-for-tat thing. In other words, I'll only, I'll only give to the extent that you give. Uh, because if I give more, you're going to take advantage of me. Uh, can any of you relate to that thinking? Um, you know, uh, but that isn't what the Bible says, is it? The Bible says, outdo one another in showing honor. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his brother. Uh, actually, read Luke 6. If you have your Bibles, you might turn there. Um, this is starting in verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners led to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. So there's that equality issue there, that uh, parity. But then Jesus says, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind and ungrateful to evil men. That's pretty powerful, powerful stuff. Second thought I had is, forgive offenses and your perceived rights quickly. You know, when we were in that zone in Kenya, that elevated place where we were just so filled with the love of God and seeing the love of God in the Kenyans and doing our best to express the love of God, um, I had the thought that it would be easy to forgive someone right now who had deeply um, offended me, if that were the case. It would have been easy, I think, to forgive and overlook and be magnanimous, be big-hearted uh, because of all the, the fullness of God that I was experiencing. And so I wanted to bring an exhortation to let go of offenses quickly. Here's a couple practical ones that uh, Laura gave me on this point. Have you ever gone to bed looking forward to a particular leftover that's in the refrigerator and you're going to get it in the morning? You know, you're just kind of full of glee because that something is there. And when you go to the refrigerator in the morning, guess what? Some dirty rascal has eaten that leftover, right? 
Oh, man. <laughs> and then another one for you teenage girls or preteens. Your sister is wearing your blouse without your permission. That is a criminal offense worthy of the highest jail term. But uh, seriously, can't we love and, and let things like that go easily? But let's take a very, let's say you offended you on a very, very deep level. Um, I don't mean to make light of that, but what a great opportunity to do what Jesus is saying and to forgive uh, and to choose to love. Um, forgiveness doesn't mean if somebody has truly violated us in a terrible way, it doesn't mean we have to trust them again, but it does mean we do have to forgive them. We have to, uh, trust is earned, uh, but forgiveness is something we give. Let's see, and then prove to be Jesus' disciples by how we love each other. Um, let's look at John 13, or I'll just read it to you. 35, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, I wonder if when Peter and Belden come here, will they feel that same kind of honoring and love that we saw them express to each other, not just to us, but to each other. And I hope that they would, and certainly we can improve in deeply loving each other. First uh, Peter one twenty two gets at this, love one another fervently from the heart, it says. That word fervently um, means earnestly without relaxing in effort. Fervently or fervent only appears six times in the New Testament, and three, time, three of those times it's referring to loving each other Fervently. Two times it's talking about prayer, praying fervently. And one time it's talking about um, Apollo, Apollos, who uh, taught with great fervor in his heart. And then lastly, 1 Timothy 1.5 says, The goal of our faith is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Let's remember that love is the goal. The goal of our, the goal of our faith is love. So I want to end with a quote from one of those dangerous people that I showed you, one of the majestic ones in our midst, and that's Linda. Linda said in one of her writings, she wrote this that just caught my attention. She said, every person deserves to have their life enriched. Every person deserves to have their life enriched. And uh, it was such a blessing to be in Kenya. I hope that this has elevated you and uh, allowed you to be transported to a, a better place in your hearts. May God bless you.